0: Welcome to Your Cyber Path, the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job by sharing the secrets of experienced hiring managers and top cybersecurity professionals with you. Now on to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Your Cyber Path. I'm Kip Boyle and today I'm not here with Jason Dion actually because he has an important family event and that takes priority. So uh, I said, yeah, you should go do that because family is important. Don't worry. Um, I'll handle it. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and your first reaction is, oh, my God, it's all by himself. No, you do not have to put up with that. Actually, you're not alone with me. Our good friend Ed Skipka is here. He's our guest again. And I just found out that he nailed his CISSP and his CISM exams. And when I found out, I said, Ed, you absolutely have to come back, be a guest again, and tell us how you did that. And as I was talking to him, and I'll give him a chance to talk in a minute, um, I said, how else are you doing? I said, this is a great professional accomplishment. And he goes, well, kind of the reason why I got the CISSP is because I got this great new job, and and a condition of getting the new job is I had to get this certification within six months. So if you've listened to this podcast, uh, Ed's been on here twice before, episode 58, he got he he came on and told us how he got hired into cybersecurity with no experience. Then he came back on episode 81, and he told us how he negotiated a pay raise, not just one pay raise, by the way. You'll have to go listen to that episode because it's it's absolutely fantastic. And I encourage you to follow Ed's example, which is why I wanted him to come back again. So Ed Skipkov, welcome back to your CyberPath.
1: Always good to be here, Kip. Uh, an honor, a privilege um, to talk about myself, and hopefully in that process of talking about myself, we can help some folks, and uh, you know, they can do these things too.
0: Yeah, that's what this is all about. We're trying to serve people, trying to clear a path for for them, help them figure out. Hey, I want to be in cybersecurity. What does that look like? How do I, you know, how do I do that? And so. I really uh, appreciate you being here, and the more you butter me up, the better. I just get more and more happy as the host, so you know it's good stuff. Um, Okay, so what I what I want to do today in this episode is I want to talk about how did you go about studying for, assuming you studied, and taking that taking those exams and passing those exams? Because listen, those are no small feats; those are really, really substantial. Goals. It takes a lot of effort to achieve those goals. Everybody struggles. And so when somebody nails it, I I just always want to ask the question how did you do it? Now, before you tell us, and I want to spend most of the time listening to you, I do want to tell listeners that uh, if you didn't know it, I have another podcast. It's called the Cyber Risk Management Podcast. And I do that one with my co host, Jake Bernstein. And in episode 75, of that podcast, Jake himself had just gotten his CISSP. And so I said, Jake, tell us how you did it. Same thing that we're doing now with Ed. And Jake said, well, I had a three point plan, Kip. He said, first thing I needed to do was find out what's the best way for me to prep. You know, should I read a book? Should I watch videos? You know, how should I do this? The second step was once he knew how he wanted to do it, he had to go find the right materials. And then the third step was he actually had to schedule and take the exam. And that's, that third step's important because there's a lot of people that study for certifications and just don't ever get around to scheduling and taking the exam, or they schedule it and then they reschedule it and they reschedule it. And you know I don't know why they do that, but I just wanted uh, to kind of put it out there that that's what Jake said. I thought that made a lot of sense. What did you do, Ed? Tell us, what did you do? What was your plan?
1: I followed that same kind of mindset. Um, again, I, I had six months to go out and do this, or you know, there's always the the hope that they would extend it. But deadlines are always good. I, I <laughs> constraints are the the creation of creativity, as I say. The more constraints I have, personally, I can work with that. But uh, so the same process. I found what I needed to do. There are so many resources out there from Reddit to Udemy to LinkedIn Learning to, you know, your cyber path and uh, all these different podcasts and YouTube videos, and it can almost be overwhelming. Yeah. And if, in finding that first leg of the stool, um, you want to find reputable ser- like services or sources, and you don't necessarily need to go out and have a $5,000, $10,000 boot camp. Unless your company's paying for it. Um, there's so many free or near free or maybe mm. hundred, two hundred dollar resources that are out there. So I did the same thing in finding all those different resources. I scoured YouTube and LinkedIn Learning and Udemy and landed on kind of the the Mike Chapel and the the Thor Petersons. Um and oh, went great. from there. So
0: that's that's fantastic. So um so I think you said something during show prep where you said like I didn't read a single
1: book. Is that right? Right, I didn't read a single book cover to cover. I I used to be better at reading, and then through my first bachelor's into into WGU for my second, I I'm terrible at reading. I you mm. know I can read, but uh, it just doesn't catch my attention. And studying for certs, which it, it should be mentioned that I do have. A lot of other certs that have gone up to this and i've used jason's material on udemy um i just found that that's how i absorb information so much better that's it's fantastic listening to video diagrams seeing it and then maybe going out and doing it it's like i'll i've literally fell asleep a couple of times reading through the books mm-hmm. so there was one i did use the official study guide and then um destination certification i they just had a book come out and it had very pretty pictures and colors and it was very concise. Um, so I did read most of those two, but I've seen guides who are like, you need to read this book cover to cover four times mm-hmm. before you can even attempt the test, um, which is one thing I, I want to dispel throughout this whole talk is you need to take the test when you are ready. And the only person that knows that is maybe a mentor that's helping you, but you um, someone will say, well, you have to study for 18 months. You have to study for six months. Some other people, you don't need to study at all. Just go in. You've been working for 20 mm-hmm, years. Mm-hmm. And I will say there are people that have been in the RMF or InfoSec community that have been working for 20, 30 years that will fail right. because you, you have your little rut and your little niche <laughs> that you get into. And you have to find that for yourself.
0: Yeah, that's right. CISSP covers a lot of domains. Is it? It's 10 domains, isn't it? Uh, It's eight, which eight. is, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> and, and,
1: then, and is physical security still one of them? It, it's rolled up within one of them. I think it's either domain three or four. Okay. It's kind of a meme how much of, uh, it's only 15% of the curriculum, well, 15% of the questions, but yeah. a quarter of the curriculum. Um, and, and the reason yeah. why I'm asking you, there's a couple of reasons why I'm asking that. One
0: reason is because I'm just reinforcing your point that you know if you're in a niche, and most, most of us are. And you have no, had no exposure to physical security or some of these other topics that you're going to get tested on. You're going to get creamed, probably, you know. And so uh, so I think you're right. Just because you have a lot of years in service, a lot of years in the career, um, doesn't automatically mean that you're ready because you've got to make sure that you're checking that you've got enough experience in all these different domains. Now, the second reason why I asked you, how many domains are there, Ed? And is <laughs> is physical security still a domain? Because I took my CISSP exam so long ago that nothing's really the same anymore. When I took mine, uh, first of all, I did take one of those fancy-schmancy boot camps because I took mine in 1997, and there was <laughs> no YouTube, no Udemy, no LinkedIn Learning. I mean, the only thing I had to go on was they had published a stu- like an official study guide, a book, and then they were putting on like a boot a boot camp. It was a uh, uh, see a two I think it was a two week boot camp, but you could only go to like one week, and then you had to have like two months in between, and then you could go to the second week. However, that worked. But um, but those were really the only choices that I had, and so you know that's what I did. And you probably took your test on a computer, right?
1: Yes, yeah, it was in a Pearson view. Um, all theirs. it has to be in person proctored on the computer I'm, I'm sure there's some regions that you still can take the 250 year 400 question test or whatever that goes for five six hours but i think most people are going to be in a pearson view okay sitting at a computer yeah.
0: and 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 i hope that's true for most people because i had <laughs> to do it the old way just what you said i had to bring a scantron i had to bring like a a, a fistful of number two pencils and if 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 nobody listening knows what a scantron is Is it's like a bubble. It's like a it's like when you vote, you know, if you like vote by mail and you like you color in the little bubble for the candidate that you want. That's what that's what a Scantron is. I haven't seen one of those in a million years. But anyway, just (laughs) I just want to be completely upfront with the fact that I took my CISSP exam so long ago that none of my advice is relevant at all. Like I can't help (laughs) anybody pass a CISSP these days. But that's why I talked with Jake and that's why I'm talking with you. So anyway, there you go. There's my limitations. So could we talk about how you organized yourself? Like, so you knew you had six months and you knew you had this external forcing function on you. Not everybody has that. A lot of times you have to kind of, you know, play that role for yourself. So I think that's, that's a very interesting dynamic. And I know that your previous certifications, you didn't always have an outside forcing function. You had to do that for yourself. But let's Mm -hmm. talk about this one. So when did you first find out you had six months? And then how did you organize your time?
1: So going into this new job um, from my last job, which I I really liked, um, but they kind of made me an offer that I didn't necessarily couldn't refuse, but it was very tough to refuse. Um, And again, the, the requirement was to get CISP or within six months. So Talking with my former contract supervisor, program manager, she's she was out to get me. She said, "I'm going to steal you back, Ed. Um, (laughs) One of these days." This the job I'm in right now was the job that was kind of the carrot on the end of the stick for me when I first started with this company Mm. um, four years ago uh, when I was in field service doing all that stuff. um, It's like you know, you're going to work in cyber with this mission that's really critical and it's cool and it covers a lot of area uh, like yeah oh, i would really like that so it kind of was a culmination point it was a, a point of pride to get this job but again we, i had to get this piece so um knowing that i i was kind to myself because it was a big change to go to a different job um it was around uh thanksgiving it was around the holidays um okay I so just to- in 2022 yeah, it was in November that I, I started okay. this last Cause, job. Yeah. Yeah, because we're recording this at the end
0: of April 2023. So obviously you hit your six-month mark, but I just mm-hmm. wanted to make clear. So uh, so around Thanksgiving, you're like, oh, man, I got to do this thing.
1: What Then what happened? I was still a little kind with myself, and I said, you know what? We're going to wait until we get back from... Um, I went back home to Ohio, which I'm from. Uh, and you're and living said, in Hawaii see. right now, right? Yeah, I'm in Hawaii, I'm on Oahu. Okay. Um it's probably I, I don't have my thermometer right here. It's uh 80 <laughs> and 80. You don't want your temperature and your humidity to be the same especially when they're that high. Um but uh it's pretty warm, um which I can't complain about cuz don't want to listen to me <laughs> say that. But uh uh but I said I'm going to start on the new year because I know myself and I I know I've I've gotten other certs and I know that if I buckle down it, realistically i could probably do it in three to four months mm. um, i'm not going to need the full six so i'm going to be kind to myself which i think is also good if you're making huge changes and just know yourself set yourself up for success um and ramp yourself up to that maybe if you have a month then you don't really have time to do that but um so the new year hits and i start searching and, um, and actually before that the only real studying i did was i pulled out my old port uh, flashcards took a look at those Then I took um, Jason's um, basically how to take tests class okay. on okay. Udemy and he kind of broke it down and just generically this is how you take certain tests this mm. is the way that you're gonna go through the four multiple choices breaking it down you know, grouping or super grouping um, and then I really started so I started on Reddit and Udemy and LinkedIn learning Um and there is maybe three or four tracks that you could have. Some people say that you need to do two or three video courses and then do a bunch of books. And then, and only then will you be able to do the practice tests. Right. And so I got through two um, video courses, which were probably the first one was like 32 hours. The other one was 24 hours. Okay. Um, I listened to those on one and a half times because um, that's, that's up to you, your comprehension of what you have. Right. Uh, And at the end of it, I'm like, I'm not going to read through two books before I start doing practice tests. Because if you have taken other certs or you've been in the job for a while, you really want to hone down, hone in on what you personally need to work on. Because we're not a computer. (laughs) Yeah, it's not just a bunch of buckets that all need to be filled to the same level. They might Mm -hmm. be already filled to a certain level. You don't want to spend eight hours in cryptography if you work on. You know, communication security, you already, or you don't want to work on networking if you're a network engineer. Um, so I would personally say for me and for others is do at least one video course if that works for you or one book, whatever, you know, interchange that and then take one or two practice tests and then see where you are and then let that guide you, um, for the rest of your journey.
0: That's, that's fantastic. So let me just, uh, recap, uh, what you said, but just to focus on a couple of things I think are super important. So this whole idea of of gap analysis, I think is is really important, right? Going into it, you had a really good sense of, okay, here are the eight domains. These are the domains that I'm already familiar with. These are the domains I I really don't know anything about. And that helped you prioritize where you were going to spend your time. And then eventually you took practice exams. And that was kind of another gap analysis where you looked at the results of the practice exams And that told you where you still needed to put some additional study time. And I think that's really smart. I like how you also did a course on how to take certification exams. I think that's important. I remember um, that when I took certification exams, it wasn't always about getting the right answer. It was sometimes a question of, well, what do the test writers think is the right answer? You know, it's all, it was almost like trying to get into the head of the person who wrote the question and choosing the answer that they thought it was. Um, and sometimes that's just because, well, technology moves fast and some of these questions can go stale. I don't know if you encountered anything like that, but I just want to commend you for doing the, you know, how to how to take tests course. I think this is a really smart idea. Um, OK, so now where did you get your practice tests? I'm curious about that.
1: I did uh, again Udemy and LinkedIn Learning, and coming from uh, WGU Western Governors New- University, that was as an alumni. I have that resource Udemy Business, um, but again, you can find these courses for ten, fifteen dollars on sale. Right? right? You know, it says list price five thousand dollars. You know, whatever <laughs> it is, and then it's usually between ten and twenty dollars. So maybe you don't have the resources to buy all of them at once, but you yeah. can buy. Um I know there's ones out there that will do all eight domains and you get four tests or two tests for mm-hmm. 10 15. Um that's a and you want to do this intentionally because mm-hmm. there's a lot of guides that say you need 2 to 5000 questions before you're ready. Wow. And people do 10,000 and 12,000 or whatever questions and they say, "Well, I got all the questions and I did all these tests and I read the books and it's like Well, well, what did you learn from them? And it's good to know what you know, but it's even better to know what you don't know and why you don't know it. Like, oh, I decided to say that we're going to do cryptography. And you find out they're talking about integrity. Well, you should have gone the way of hashing. You know, so again, like you're saying, you need to be able to read the question. Every question is its own test. And I like that. And I was just talking to my buddy and he has been doing InfoSec for a really long time and he's a, a staff level security engineer and he has a lots of experience and he was having some issues with some of the questions because he was like, well, that's not how it's, it is in the real world. Even right. in a well-staffed multinational company, you have to live in the land of rainbows and unicorns and glitter you have top-down support you have the money you have the staff you could actually go up to the CISO or the CTO or the CEO with the concerned and they'll listen to you um so that the big part of CISP and uh CISM was getting that mindset because Mm. it is not a recall the answer and it's not even necessarily recognize the answer it is knowing the answer, why you would pick this thing. And you can always have too much security. That's a dirty thing to say, but the, the answer to, true, right. How much security is the right amount of security? And the answer is the right amount of security. And it's different for everybody.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's, it, that's a very squishy thing to get. It's about, ba- and it's a balancing act, right? Cause you don't want too much security. You want, you don't want too little. And the other thing that can, can get really annoying as a practitioner is, you get that balance dialed in and then something changes and it goes out of whack again, right? And then you got to go back and you got to fix it. And that's just a constant, you know, thing in in our work. Um, I want to make a comment about the courses that you chose. So I know Mike Chappell and I could see why you you chose his courses. I think he's very good. Um, Jason Dion knows Thor really, really well. And he thinks Thor is really good at what he, what he does. So. I don't think if if you're going to choose a video course, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those guys and if you can get both of them, you know, more power to you. Um so I think that's great. And there's a there's a there's a CISSP exam book. Of course there's the official one, which I actually, I actually think is okay. I mean as far as official books, you know, like the the this the body of knowledge book, I think is is good. Um and then there's other sort of like third party test prep books that that you can get. And, um, and and I know some of the authors there. So now um, I want to break down your schedule a little bit more. So a- how much, like, how did you figure out how you were going to allocate your study time over, you had four months, right? Because you kind of, well, yeah, maybe a little bit more than four months, right? Because you, 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 you let the six weeks between Thanksgiving and New Year's, you sort of mm-hmm. like took that off. Then then here's January 1, and now you've got like three, four months. How did you allocate your study time across that?
1: Uh, lots of understanding from my partner and my friends and anybody that talks to me um, and my work. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, like, did you
0: have a number of hours per week? Did Were there certain days of the week that you said, you know, I'm going to study on these days, not those days? Are you a morning studier, a night studier? I'm interested in those
1: details. I was, I already wake up at six in the morning. So it wasn't feasible for me because I can't get to bed too early. It's just who I am as a a former gamer and a musician and et cetera, et cetera. So I knew I wasn't going to wake up, you know, an hour or two before work to get that hour or two in. Um, So I knew I'd have to piece out my day. So I could probably get half hour to two hours, maybe. At work, if I really got my work done and I had the understanding of the people above me and they knew that I was doing the skull communication is key there, um, I was able to get a half an hour to two hours during work. And then I would come home and there was an understanding that there was a decompression time. I maybe eat, uh, maybe watch one or two episodes of something, but then it was game time. It was going to be at least one to three hours, but it was going to be at least one to one and a half hours. Okay, And that was the expectation was, that's your target. That's a reasonable target. You got to hit at least that for me. Okay, Um, And then on the weekends, I had more time. And maybe that's not you. Maybe you have children or you have a side hustle or something. It's like you have less time on the weekends. Um, You you never know. But I squeezed in, like I said, half hour to two hours at work, uh, one to three hours. And then on the weekends, I would let myself sleep in. And then I would probably aim for the the two to five hours. Wow. I don't think there was more than five six hours on any given day, but there were some four to six hour days. That's pretty um, good.
0: That's that's a pretty long binge of of learning. I mean, did you ever feel like
1: your brain was melting at the end of that? Yes, <laughs> but the the way the way that I am personally is, I'm all or nothing to a certain extent when it comes to these certs is. It's like, I want to relax when I'm relaxing. I want to be there doing stuff with my family and my cats when, you know, I'm, I'm there with that. And when I'm studying, I'm studying. Okay. So
0: you can get really intense during your study sessions. That's good. I think the people around
1: you would, around me would, uh, would agree with that assessment.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Now, is there anything else about the CISSP exam before I ask you about the CISM? that you would want to share with folks who haven't taken it yet and they're thinking about taking it.
1: I would say don't put barriers in front of yourself because someone else said it was tough or that they man this is the and it is a really tough test. You need to acknowledge that and respect it, but you don't have to be afraid unless you know. If yeah. you, if you got half a year your experience, you're coming from another career field or something maybe you're going to have a lot of deltas that you're going to work on you're going to have to take more time depending on what time you're able to allocate but don't put barriers in front of yourself because someone else said it was tough okay you know you can because people are like oh you're gonna have to study for six eight ten months um and I was like I actually felt pretty good after two months and some people are good after a week or two yeah um I would also say between this and SISM is just stay consistent. Don't, don't be down on yourself. Don't feel guilty if you miss a day or two. Um, if you can, if you can crack a half hour, um, if you can do a half hour five days a week, that's better than doing six hours on a Saturday. Mm. You know, to me, if you can do that, maybe one or two hours on a weekend, that's going to net you much more than if you just binge it on a Saturday or Sunday with a bunch, a bunch of hours. Yeah.
0: You know, that's, that's very good kind of overarching, you know, advice. And I want to underscore something, which is, and you've said this a couple of times now, you're going to hear other people talk about the test. You're going to hear other people talk about what you must do to pass that test. Don't get hung up on, well, you know, Joey said I got to read the book four times before I can take the test. So I guess that's what I got to do, even though I hate reading. And <laughs> That's what works for Joey. You need to figure out what works for you you know, so take a step back. Okay, that's great. Now, let's talk about CISM. Where did that come into the picture? Because you told me that you needed CISSP for the job, that that was a, a requirement, had to get that within a certain amount of time. How did the CISM get on your radar so quickly?
1: There, and it's a good question to ask. It's like, you just, do you, do you like torturing yourself? Do, <laughs> are you trying to be a completionist? Do you like, you got to catch them all? Thanos snap of all the different yeah. certs um and the answer is no uh but i'm lucky enough that my company will pay for all or most of the certification these are really expensive certifications it's up to mm-hmm. 750 dollars right now for sysp 760 for sysm if you're not a member um, which we could talk about later you can get a discount on that um they're they're expensive so i could understand if someone gets the SISM or the SISP and says, you know, I'm done. And that's respectable. But for me, I have that little bit of safety net. They're mostly going to cover it. And there's so much crossover. They're two different tests. They're two, they're the same overarching mindset, but two different perspectives. I would say the Sisp is a generalist mm-hmm. and the IT manager up to maybe a CISO level. And then the the sism is at kind of that sizzle level. You're you're making decisions about policy. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're writing a policy about an implementation, but you're really not having to be. You're you're very far removed from firewall management. Right. And you're like not that. an implementer anymore, right? So I it was kind of a. It's going to get paid for. I have all this knowledge. I've already taken eight nine weeks to study, and it's just bouncing around in my head. And if I don't do it now, I probably could do it later. Yeah. Will I have the motivation? Will I still have all that stuff? Am I going to have to relearn stuff? that? There's there's stuff that you learn for certs that you're not going to use in your day-to-day life because it's on the test. Um, And there's no shame in that. But if you don't know it and you go take a test, well, then you might find yourself flat-footed. So I I wanted to get it right after the SISP. Okay. So you already knew you wanted it. And you already looked at
0: yourself and you said, wow, I've, I've just spent all this time and energy studying for a test. There's overlap here. So why don't I just do a little island and just, just go to the next one and just kind of knock it out? I get that. I totally get that. Conservation of resources. Now, what study materials? Did you do anything extra to study for
1: the CISM? So the same providers kind of cross-pollinate. Um, okay. You know, I, I would have used Jason's materials, but he kind of stays out of the SISP-SISM the world because mm-hmm. there's, you know, CompTIA is you, you get people started. So I used Thor and Mike again and other, I used a lot of the same materials, but I had to find the mindset difference because again, I, a lot of those were 90% of the same videos. Some of them were worded differently, mm-hmm. but they were titled differently and they were approached differently and how you thought about the materials for CISM um, versus P because again, you're, you're making decisions on a very high level. Yeah. Um, This is kind of on the league of like CISO, uh, maybe even the, you know, CISP tech, ISSMP, you know, the management professional. Um, It's, it's a different test with, with that crossover. Okay, so so then you
0: did do additional study. You kind of you kind of went and got the video courses on CISM. You went through them. Um, did you do anything else? Did you do CISM practice t- tests?
1: Yeah. So the same providers had practice tests for CISM. I okay. I also used um, Pocket Prep, which was good. Um, I will say that of the fifty hours of material for the CISM on Udemy, and LinkedIn learning. I probably, I had it on 1.75 at this point because I was getting the impatient. Um, <laughs> and it was a lot of the same words, a lot of the same things. And I was jumping around and I was finding okay. things that maybe I didn't get on the first and second and third passes that I did it. Um, I was filling in those holes. Maybe I didn't quite know this. I need to brush up on that. So it was more of a brush up. And then I found with the pocket prep, I hadn't used Pocket Prep before, and when you go to a new test provider, it's, they have different wording, they have different methodology, and they're going to approach the question. Some people are very by the book of, well, it's in the book. We need you to know it. Mm-hmm. And others are like, we know they're not going to ask you about this question, so we're not even going to bring it up. Okay. And I was kind of a little blindsided because I was like, I'm going to crush this. And I think I got like a 62 or 65 on the first test, which was good. But I was like, I already passed it. And I was confident that I passed the CISSP. Why am I not just knocking this out of the park? But mm. it, again, it, Pocket Prep, the same providers before. Um, I'm trying to think how to quantify the difference of, of these two different things. But okay. yeah, I, I would just say that it's at a higher level. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just more
0: about governance as opposed Correct. to implementation, right? Maybe that's a, one way that we could sort of you know, differentiate them. So, uh, so how many additional hours of studying did you do for CISM on top of what you'd already done for CISSP speed? Did I hear you say 50 hours?
1: Yeah, so that was the, the 50 hours of video, but again, yeah. at 175 speed and clicking through it. Um, I did it over six weeks, but I really pared down my study time. I wasn't studying. Let's say 14 to 20 something hours a week. I was probably doing an hour a day, mm-hmm. um, maybe two to three hours on the weekends per day. Okay. Um, because I was a little burned out from my sure my, my push. <laughs> yeah. Uh, easy to see always, that. Yeah. And no. I didn't Yeah. I didn't need it. So that was the other thing. I had to fight myself. I did drag my feet a little bit. I think I probably could have done it at week four. Okay. I ended up doing it at week six. Um, so I had to regain that motivation, like, yeah, you you want to do it, so just get it out of the way. <laughs> Freaking do it. Yeah, there wasn't
0: an external forcing function on you for the CISM. So, and you're getting fatigued from all the studying. I can I can absolutely understand that. Did you test for the CISM at a Pearson View Center the same way as you did for the CISSP?
1: So they have a different test provider um that had a similar test center uh but it wasn't the same okay. so right now you can actually take the CISM um at home uh, uh web proctored and they do the whole thing i had to take a 15 second video of my hands and my my wrists and my my area and under the desk and we had to go through the whole thing again when i when i logged on but i actually took it at my house um and my cats uh, were were very happy that i was home I've been very unhappy that they were not allowed in this specific room. So I had shoved the towel under the door. I put a couple of suitcases in front of the the door because they like to hop up on and try to climb on the the doorknob. Um, so you have to think about that for yourself. I would have preferred to take it at a testing center, but the availability of times was just it was like, I don't want to wait another six weeks mm-hmm. to take the test. That's just going to knock me out of the box. I'm going to yeah. get fatigued, or I'm not going to study anymore. But right, I did right. take it at the house.
0: Okay, so two different testing experiences. Um, any comments about uh, about you know how to be successful, or you know anything about the actual sitting for the exam that uh, you know that you would want to share with folks? To, you know to help them. Maybe things that you didn't expect, that they, they might not expect.
1: I found the the sism. Um, more clearly worded it wasn't necessarily leaps and bounds easier although i did find the cism personally a little bit easier because mm-hmm. there there's four domains and I, again they're at a high level versus eight domains that are a little bit more in depth um i would say if you can get if you have any memorization things you got to do that 2 days out from the test that's that's your your drop dead date you're not going to Suddenly, memorize all of the symmetrical and asymmetrical, and the rounds and the keys and all the frameworks. Um, I would say they, uh, Isaca, who runs the the CISM CSA, uh they lean towards COBIT because that's their yeah their framework, the COBIT. Mm-hmm. Um, where CISSP is very broad. So I would maybe brush up on your your COBIT. But again, you're, know your frameworks, but don't dig into, okay, Control-A-U-1-A-C says that I have to have this implementation of this control. You're, you're getting too far into okay. it. Okay, that's too um, far. Okay. Right. And I would say in preparation, learn enough and learn enough that you're going to get something out of this experience because you don't want to just take something like a CISSP or a CISM to just to get it. It's right. a slog, and there's a lot to learn. But you should know something at the end of it because, especially if you get endorsed and you show up, um, I'm I'm sorry to say I've I've met some folks that maybe have let their knowledge lapse, and you look at their signature block and you're like, man, you are just killing it. You you're a director level, blah blah blah, CISP, CISM. All these different things, and Mm -hmm. they don't know the basics of Mm -hmm. what they're talking about. So I would not study too much. Where you're again, we we talked about Sysp, I won't go too far back, but that CBK has this common body body of knowledge. Yep, has so much material, and they have something similar for say ASM with the the QAE uh, through ISACA and stuff like that. You don't need to know every word of every page. You need to know why things are happening and what you would do as the appropriate, appropriate level of person. So if they're like, as a custodian, as a, mm. uh, a data owner, as a CISO, all those different people are going to do something different in a given situation. Right. So that's the, the main thing is mindset and finding what are they asking for and who am I in, in that instance. I think
0: you have shared a great deal of wisdom I really appreciate you taking the time to come in and tell everybody what it was like for you to get a CISSP under the gun and then use that as a springboard to go get your CISM on your own. I think it was fantastic uh, strategy on your part. Thank you so much for being here. Um, And I think that's going to wrap up the episode. So what I, the one thing I want to tell listeners before we go is that, When we publish this uh, episode, go to yourcyberpath.com forward slash put in the episode number because that's going to give you access to a full transcript and all the show notes are going to be there for you. Um, So maybe, you know, you want to copy out some of the information, uh, you know, that that Ed shared as far as, you know, where he uh, got his study materials. That's that's a great way to do it. Now, if you're going to go over to my uh, yourcyberpath.com. I also want you to look for the sign up for mentor notes. So every other week, I send out an email to everybody who signed up, and I talk about something that that is going to help you either get your career started in cybersecurity or help you advance your career in cybersecurity. And it's just about 500 words, very easy uh, and quick to read, and and you can unsubscribe at any time. So you might want to check it out. If you don't like it, unsubscribe. It's not a problem. Uh, you know, what I write isn't for everybody and that's totally fine. But I do, uh, I I would appreciate it if you'd you'd give it a shot. So, all right. So that's our episode today. Hope you have a great uh, couple of weeks before we see you again. And um, so long for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Your Cyber Path. Don't miss an episode. Press the subscribe button now. If you would like to learn more about how to get your dream cybersecurity job, then be sure to visit yourcyberpath.com, where you can access the show notes, search the archive of our top tips and tricks, and discover some fantastic bonus content.